0: Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from SingleInTheCity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Happy Sunday. Thank you for joining me for the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. I am a dating coach, I am a matchmaker, and I am the founder of SingleInTheCity.ca. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. What makes touch the universal love language? So important for relationships. I love this topic. That's what we are talking about today. This week I'm joined by Chad Sepps. He's a somatic sex educator with a focus on providing paths for deeper connections and relationships and gratitude of the advanced program by the Somatica Institute. Now tonight we're going to be discussing the importance of touch. I love it. (laughs) How it can strengthen your bond and being vulnerable in relationships. Oh, my goodness. Chad, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Chad is another one of my amazing moderators over on Clubhouse. I love him. I always love all of his amazing shares. So I welcome you today. Thank you for coming.
0: Thank you, Laura, for having me. Looking forward to the conversation today.
1: Yes. All right. Let's get uh, right into it. So physical touch is one of the five love languages, and it refers to expressing and receiving affection through touch, physical closeness, and other forms of physical connections like sex. Chad, why do you think that touch is so important in a relationship? Uh, Is this something that all relationships need?
0: Laura, yes. Uh, (laughs) They've done quite a few studies, and without touch, you know, infants, uh, just passed away. It was an inadvertent study at, at, at an orphanage, but um, I find it's critical. It, it, as you say, it's one of the five love languages, and it's there's you know three different main types which we'll get into. Um, it's just an effective way to add to verbal communication. It's part of our nonverbal communication, and then um, it's part of our energy together, both um, just with friends and family as well as with your romantic relationship.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, touch is one of my love languages. And honestly, like, I need touch to thrive. Uh, And I'm sure COVID has been so difficult for so many, especially people who have been single, right? Um, When we're touched by a romantic partner, we experience a surge in the hormone oxytocin, um, which they call the love hormone, right, Chad? It's in the brain, which helps us feel this deep attachment to our partner. We love to hear that we are loved, but actions speak louder than words, and physical touch may be a person's primary love language, meaning that they absolutely need it uh, to feel, you know, love and fulfilled in a relationship. But it also may be somebody's secondary love language, serving as support for the primary love language. So what are some examples? Like, is your, like, I feel that most men's love language is, is physical touch. Is yours?
0: Yes, it's both physical touch as well as words of affirmation and then quality time, kind of in that order. Um, I think touch because for me, uh, like verbal takes extra processing and and touch is is an acceptable form of relating, obviously with consent and all of those things, which, you know, we can talk about later. Um, it's, it's an acceptable way of relating. And then, you know, there are differences, which we'll, we can also discuss later, but it's just, it, it's so primal, meaning it's able to do when you just can't articulate. And so I find it to be really a core area for, for myself and several of the men that I talk to as well. Uh,
1: what are some examples of how we know what that touches our primary love language? You give one and then I'll give one. Or I can start. You know what? For me, like, I find it so weird. I cannot sit on a couch next to my partner and not be touching them in some way. Like, and I I want them touching me. And, like, what I'll do is I'll pull my arm out and, like, hint, you know. Babe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw my feet out. (laughs) Babe. (laughs) What about you?
0: Yeah, for me, you know, that initial connection, um, when I haven't seen my partner for a while, it's great just to, right, you know, ground at the door and and just, like, hug and, you know, head next to head and then, you know, pull back a little bit and look in each other's eyes and then head against head again, you know, like a full embrace. Um, I find it's just really important. Um, And then additionally, like, with really good friends, it seems to be a comfortable way to, like signal that there's connection, even though we're leaving or welcome. Oh my God, you're coming back. It's so great to be, you know, with you again. Um, it, it's, it's just a fantastic way of like either setting the scene the, or setting the, the, the presence that we're going to be in, or, you know, like, like your point, you know, transitioning away, or I love sitting on the couch. Yeah. And so why aren't we touching? Exactly. I love sitting really close and being right next to my partner. Sam.
1: Yeah, and, and and I find, you know, for me, it's really meaningful when my partner puts their arm around me or holds my hand in public as well. Um, and, I, you know, how about that? What about if you have one partner who is open to having a PDA, public displays of affection, and then, you know, you, you have another partner who's not too comfortable with that? But how can we, you know, how do we meet in the middle in, in that case?
0: Yeah, a lot of these, um, when there's differences, I always try and go down underneath, like what's the need. Like for me, holding hands, there's multiple reasons. Like One, I just like the connection as we're walking. Two, I like to let you know uh, or, or my partner know that um, I'm thinking about them, even though I'm trying to navigate through the crowd or get to where we're going or stay on time. But I'm still there's that connection. Um Additionally, as I was just saying, like, what's, you know, if one's not comfortable with the physical act, I can get to the point of what do I enjoy about it and see if the person can, is comfortable with that, right? Finding that meeting ground. As an example, they might say, I'm right here. I'm really enjoying the day. You know, you could verbally kind of, if you will, hold somebody's hand. Do you know what I mean? Keeping mm-hmm. that presence and keeping that slow of thought because, like, when you're hand holding, you can loosely do it or you kind of look at something and point and squeeze and like, oh, my God. And yeah. you're both kind of saying, oh, that's special. So you can do that verbally or a combination. And maybe it's fingers, right? Like I know in the past, sometimes when I've dated, someone doesn't like hand holding because they feel their hand sweats too much and they don't feel that's attractive. <laughs> you want to be like connected and attractive, right? Yeah. So switch to a pinky or, you know, arm and arm or have her hand in my back pocket, or, you know, of course, what's appropriate in the area, but try and get to the mood that you want and be a little flexible with how it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. What about people that just, you know, don't like to touch in general? Like it just isn't their nature, maybe not even PDA like it just it just in general you know you have one person who is really touchy-feely and then the other person's like get off me you know I, I see that with my sister and <laughs> my brother-in-law yeah. like he's really like always touchy-feely and she's just like she could take it or leave it you know but they do make it work so but uh do you have any suggestions around that?
0: So it's one of my vetting questions um okay. oh, so, okay. you know, okay. start yeah. with the right place. Right. So when I initially meet somebody, you know, it's it's something I bring up, hopefully, in the first or second conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find you're in the relationship like like your sister and brother in law um, recognize there's extra pieces in there. Oftentimes, um, getting to attachment styles, people that um, prefer more alone time touches in a combination in that. Um, so you have to again, you know. Luckily, she can take it or leave it, but maybe moderate or get lots of touch, you know, early in the morning or before you go to an event, like you're mentioning PDA, or if you're, you know, we just did the thing in the states for so the Thanksgiving holiday. If someone's not comfortable doing all that touch in front of the family, you know, try and do it ahead of time, right? Maybe give each other a back massage or. Eat breakfast in bed and be, you know, connected, or sit on the couch and, you know, watch a funny comedy. But you're close, right? So try and understand each other's capacities and just get your cup filled. Um, Additionally, on the flip side, sometimes I used to, you know, really want to touch my partner a lot too. It can be the flip and recognize what's going on internally. It's like, hey, are you here? So try and fill up what is going on in my brain because sometimes there's things I can do for myself to give the feedback um, and be, you know, respectful of what my partner is comfortable with as well.
1: Yeah, and I think we have to be mindful too, like, you know, and this is something I've had to work on as well, where you, if maybe, you know, we're touchy-feely but then there are a couple days where there's a lot going on, and I and I just feel this disconnect, you know, and I feel like, oh, my partner's not paying that much attention to me, and I tend to internalize it and take it personally, but I think we have to be aware not to do that, that, you know, you may have days where you're busy or you're doing other things, you're preoccupied, and you can't, you know, spend or give your partner 24 hours attention that they may require. You agree?
0: Yes, completely. So this is where (laughs) it's a beautiful graphic. I don't know if you saw it recently. It's on socials around um, self-care. And let me just describe it. Um,
1: We have about 30 seconds, I believe. So before break.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Lee. Filling up your own cup and being able to stop the self-talk of like, what does this mean? It simply means you haven't touched for a while and you'd like to. So just mention it. Hey, you know, sweetie, partner, um, I know we've been really busy, uh, the day's stressed. Um, you, you know, after dinner, do we have a, a few minutes? I love connecting with you that way. So just kind oh, of... I
1: love that. that. Yeah. 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 It all goes back to communication, everyone. We need to take a break, but we're going to talk about vulnerability and how touch comes into play right after the break. Stay with us, guys.
0: back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: We are back on the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bilotta, your host. Getting back to our chat with Chad Sepps. We're talking about the importance of touch in a relationship. And uh, we're also going to, you know, continue the conversation about touch. But we're also going to get into vulnerability in relationships in just a moment. All right. So um, let's get back to touch, though. Oh, I love touch. Touch, touch,
0: touch
1: mm-hmm. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, got <laughs> <laughs> We've got a room on, on Clubhouse going at the moment about uh touch and sex and stuff. So, <laughs> but here and here I am on radio talking about it. So what are some of the benefits of, of regular touch from our partner and how can it help strengthen our relationships?
0: Yeah. Touch can be so important. Um, like you mentioned, it already, it already mentioned it releases oxytocin, which is a love hormone, right? Connecting us together. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, mm-hmm. it can release serotonin, which is a calming, uh, hormone, uh, and then the third area can really be beneficial beneficial and I'm going to mention one more after that is uh, there's this process called a limbic download, where, in essence, if someone is activated or or upset about something, touch can they can borrow your calm, if you will, and it helps them feel and come back into the moment and feel that things are going to be okay. Um, and then the last one, it can be energetic and such an expression of um, things that, like, words are relatively limiting, right? I mean, the the type of hug you, like, I gave my sister uh, over Thanksgiving, right? I mean, it just conveys so much. Like, oh, my God, I'm so glad to see you. I'm happy to be here. It's great that we're physically, you know, in the same room instead of on the phone. It just conveys a lot. So it just adds extra blocks of connection.
1: Oh, I love that. Now, let's talk about vulnerability. Let's get into that because we have so much to cover in such a short period of time. (laughs) So, in a relationship, I always think that vulnerability is a big part of how you grow together. You you have to be somewhat vulnerable in order to, to let somebody in. What do you do if you feel like you are being vulnerable and it isn't being reciprocated? If, if your needs aren't being met and your partner isn't offering that, that same vulnerability, how do you handle it? I mean, I think instinctively it's normal to pull away. You know, that's what I've done in the past. Like I was gone. Kind of, okay, well, you know what? They're not giving me what I'm what I need, so I'm going to pull away and then I'm going to observe, and I'm going to, you know, get in my thoughts, but then I'm going to have a conversation about it. So let's talk about this. What would you suggest?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, again, you know, for those that are dating, you know, make it part of your writing questions. It's really important. Um, And if we have time, we can talk about a great way to to add that in. If you're in a relationship, noticing, getting in your thoughts, and just continue being vulnerable. Here's the thing about vulnerability. It's about you. It's about me. When I'm being vulnerable, it's me acknowledging myself, my needs and desires are all right. They're okay to mention. It's okay to have a bid. Now, there's two things. The first thing is just noticing for myself and having my own agency, my own responsibility to fulfill myself, be it my happiness or noticing my sadness or noticing these things. Another person isn't here to help me do processing, the bulk of my processing with my feelings, right? So just notice what's mine and then take responsibility for it. And then yes, if you wanna have connection and the other person isn't doing it, um, just be careful of thoughts. And like we talked about before, if you, one, let's not take it personally, right? Maybe there's a lot going on. Maybe they got a phone call from family and they're really distracted and they haven't had a chance to tell me about it yet. Or all kinds of reasons, right? And then let's not assume, hey, they're not acting in the way I'm hoping. And let's remember, if you're asking for a hug, it's a request. It's okay for them to say no. And it's okay for me to be disappointed. Just There's so many aspects in it, right? Disappointment is all right. Yeah, Laura. I can't
1: imagine asking Uh, my partner for a a hug and them saying no, especially when, like, things are going okay and well. Can I have a hug? Uh, No. Ah, what? Oh, that would hurt my feelings for sure. And two, you know, it doesn't have to be a big, heavy relationship talk, but there should be a talk. And you should probably find, like, a low-key, non-threatening way to approach them. Try not to be upset, or, you know, irritated or too emotional or point fingers like you and you and, you know, when you're yelling because people tend to, like, back away when you do that. Instead, right, try asking them open-ended questions about how they think that your relationship is going and if there's anything that you can both do to bring you guys closer together. And I like using I statements, you know, like I feel that, you know, we are maybe slipping away or we're not spending enough time together and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't like that because I want to feel closer to you or I feel that I, right? again, it's the I statements, I feel that your absence is making me feel a little bit insecure or whatever the case may be but but yeah so definitely you want to have the conversation guys now I we do have time I'm going to make time for you Chad what are some of those vetting questions that you spoke about on the
0: hug part here's where vulnerability comes in feeling disappointed and hurt sometimes we cover our hurt with anger like what do you mean you don't want to hug me what's right we just switched into a you how about giving context Hey, honey, I understand you don't want to do it now. If we could do it sometime in the next 20 minutes, I've had a crap day. And I would, I just, I'd love connecting with you via a hug. And it would really make our time together right now much better.
1: Can we do it in five
0: minutes? I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I get that now's not the time. And I want to honor what you're saying. And I'm really looking forward to one, right? Taking that step back of hearing the no and coming back to what if. I hear now's not good. What if because I, and then fill it in, right? So, and there's always the us, and that's what it gets to. It's it's always you, me, and the us between us. What are we creating together? Um, enough on that. Your question, what was yeah, your? Yeah, just first give
1: question? a couple of your vetting questions. You said you had a couple of vetting questions.
0: Oh, I have a whole list, but, um, some of them <laughs> give
1: yeah, us a couple, maybe them. two or three.
0: Yep. So let's get to the vulnerability one, just sharing. So when someone says like, how's your week been, you know, a perfect thing is be a little vulnerable and then see how they respond. Uh, here's an example. How's your week been Chad? Oh, you know, the first part of the week was really frustrating and I almost lost it. what, Things really pivoted in the middle of the week, and um, I had a great time yesterday with a buddy, and tonight I've been looking forward to this date. I'm really glad I'm here. So not you're ending fun. on a high note. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a few things, and what I'm looking for, if they, like, if they don't even respond to that, oh, yeah, my week, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You know, maybe we'll finish our glass of wine. I'll pay for things, and we're done because they're not engaging If they are like, oh, God, you had a crappy week. Well, you know what you need to do is blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. They're fixing. And now they're, you know, probably be a good friend. If they are like, oh, my God, you know, I'm so excited you're here, too. I'm looking forward to this evening. I want to hear about your buddy. You know, do you mind sharing about what was crappy earlier in the week? Now, here's someone engaging. They're willing to go into, like, the tougher area, right? And you can keep it high level. This isn't going to be dumping and, like, suddenly, like, saying all the things that were horrible, you, you stay on topic and, you know, you share that with a great friend or a part, um, therapist. But you want to see if the other person engages and even notices and at what level. And you can try it a second time. And if they don't engage um, vulnerably back, maybe that's, that's not a person you want to continue with. Um, other vetting questions, um, you know, just being frank is ask how they enjoy sex. That's, that's that's short and simple.
1: I don't like... Uh, okay, uh, we had another... Uh, Steve, you know, Steve was on the show prior, and it, yeah. he brought that up as well for a first date. I'm sorry, but I'm from the old school of dating coaches. I don't... <laughs> like, I don't think that we should be talking about sex on a first date, do you? Because, I mean, what if someone... Two point if, context, right? Well, because like, we been, I'm not looking for... You, I do.
0: For three weeks, have, yes.
1: Well, I want to have. Some, I, I want to know that I'm going to be in a relationship with someone that I enjoy having sex with, and sex is important to me. But it's it's also not the first question that I want to ask someone because, and I don't want them, and I don't want that to be a question that they ask me because my thoughts are going to be, oh, you're just looking for a sexual relationship, and and that's what we do. So we're going to judge that person. So what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, fair. And reading the room, right? I I know from our conversations you, you like things a little more traditional. So right, pick pick a good time, and there could be ways to just see how you flirt back and forth. The reason I asked that question relatively early on, you know, pick pick the time for second third date, um, and if there's been some flirting, and you know, if there's been some like I'm really into you, you know, sometime in the future we'll we'll probably get intimate. Um, The reason is, how do they handle it? Just to your point, if you handle it that way, Laura, I would feel very respectful that you're like, look, uh, I enjoy answering that question, not on the first date. Okay, great, not a problem. One, you've thought about it. Two, you've said what you wanted. Three, you're saying like, maybe later. Those are all fine. Um, So yes, you're right, read the room. Usually I try not, you know, I've been texting a bit or maybe a phone call or two with somebody before I meet in person. So it, it's kind of the first one and a half dates. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Read the room, but it can tell yeah. you a lot and, and hear their no If they don't want to talk about it,
1: hear their no, That's fine. Yeah. Well, I think I suggest hopping on a video call before a date now. I mean, right. the phone call for yeah, me doesn't even to... cut it. Like yeah. I don't want to waste my time. I really don't, especially with COVID mm-hmm. in the mix. Like I just don't like, And then it's uncomfortable when you get there. It's like, how do you have these conversations prior? Am I even attracted enough to to come out and meet you? Do I like what's coming out of your mouth? (laughs) Vet this person prior, right? Important. Right. Um, Being open to touching and letting someone in your personal space is also a big part of this, right? What about those people who are not so comfortable with touch because of past experiences? Maybe they went through something traumatic, how do you start to let someone into your space and communicate this if, if you are someone who's gone through something in their past?
0: Yeah, so this is where the vulnerability comes in, right? Um, you can mention it at the level that's appropriate. If it's first date, just say, hey, it takes me time to get to know somebody um, for all kinds of reasons. And I like, you know, I do like touch some. And, you know, usually, and then the third or fourth date. Um, So set, set some, be a little vulnerable, set that you have reasons and set like when you're kind of imagining it, right? So the other person knows and they have context. Because if you're never a toucher, you know, it's one thing. If you want to wait a couple dates for a level of comfort, that's, that should be appropriate. And then the other person gets to evaluate that.
1: Oh, I love that. So have a communication because you're right. If I meet someone and I want to, you know, be touched or, and it's the fourth date and they haven't make it made any advancements, I'm going to get the wrong idea. But then maybe someone just wants to communicate the fact that, you know, they just want to feel a little bit more comfortable before they get more intimate with you. So I love that. we got to take a break, guys. After the break, we're going to be discussing intimate touching and why it's important for intimate relationships. We'll be back.
0: back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from SingleInTheCity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: It's Sunday night. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto with myself, Laura Bellata from SingleInTheCity.ca. Tonight I'm joined by my friend and guest, Chad Sepps. He is a somatic sex educator. And uh, we're getting back to our discussion on the importance of intimate touches or touching in relationships, but let's chat about touch and intimate relationships. Yes, intimate relationships, you know, when it comes to sex. You know, why is touch important before you really get intimate? And how do you set the mood and show your partner that you're interested? Mm,
0: great questions, right? <laughs> um, this can be so important. It Depending on the partners, right, um, uh, I feel there's different levels in desire, and it can be on either side, um, genders. And, you know, just examples here, um, of course, it's it's for all genders. So let's just say two partners. Touch can just really sometimes it's adding energy to the other person. Sometimes it's a recognition and seeing where the person is. It can be, it's a bit of a dance in that, you know, like where are, Hopefully, you're including conversation here. But the, the touch is, where are you? What would you like? You know, let's keep it fun and be curious together. I'm interested in you and and being in your energy and presence and um, feeling your skin without a particular outcome needed.
1: Now, touch doesn't necessarily have to mean using your hands or your body. You can incorporate other things, right, like feathers, <laughs> ice cubes, heighten. Mm-hmm. Distance mm-hmm. sense uh, and to create more intimate touching, what suggestions or other suggestions do you have to increase stimulation?
0: Mm, so important, right? And so touch, right? Everyone do that word she just said, stimulation. Just one, keep it fun and curious and keep a variety. You know, there's, there's some things called um, feather touch where you're literally hovering above the skin. Just like a half inch, and you're barely feeling the hair on their skin. And and if someone's quote unquote not hairy, usually there's tiny micro hairs that are very very short. Just feel that, or just. You don't need
1: a feather for that, Chad. You don't need a feather. No. You can do that with the tips of your fingers. Uh, you know what? I heard you. I actually listen. I heard you in the room the other day talking about mm-hmm. this. As I like, I, I've got to do that. So explain it. Go ahead. Sorry. They mean to cut you yeah.: so take, so take your hand, um,
0: like let's just say your left hand is, is straight in front of you. Take your right hand, start at your fingers. now, not touching, but as if there's a piece of rice paper that you don't want to crinkle, just just millimeters above it. And with your right hand that's hovering and moving really slowly, touch because you like it. Don't worry about how the other hand is. Touch because your right hand likes it. Like the temperature, press around. Just be slow and really curious. And that's a big thing with touch: is take turns of, you know, I'm touching you because you're asking me and because you enjoy it, or, or and even I'm touching you because oh my god, like how how for myself my thumb, and that just curves around the, the right side of my palm. And just like how it wraps around, and now the inside—it's a little more moist, um, and and it's just different. And I just want to understand that more and spend time there. It's almost like you're a kid discovering, like I don't know, a new favorite thing, and you're just spending time with it. And just yeah. <laughs> <Deep breath.
1: laughs> Can you, do you think that you can fall in love with someone by their actions and by the way that they touch you, basically? I asked you this in the room, too. Body language and... Fall in love by the way they touch you.
0: Yes. Yes. It connotates so much. It's like, are you holding yourself? Are you paying attention to me? Are you paying attention to yourself? Where's your desire? Where's your energy? You know, are we in this together? You know, can you take me? Can you hold back and let me just be? It's so much in touch. It really communicates actually all of the vetting questions at once.
1: Oh, I love that. All right. Now, how important is self-touch? We touch ourselves, Chad.
0: Wow. So I think that's really important. And, and people hear this, right? It, it can include your generals, but if your faith system doesn't, you know, that's not comfortable, you don't need to do that. I was just giving an example of touching your hand. You can touch your arm. You can touch through your clothes. And if you're comfortable being naked and touching yourself, do all that. Here's why. Again, it comes back to my desire is important. My body is amazing. I'm curious about myself. What pacing do I like? What what areas are new to me? Let me spend time and be expansive here and the reason why and sex is so powerful is all of these translate into everyday life meaning um i'm engaging with other people my desire matters what am i thinking what am i meaning like are there new areas where's curiosity so all of this translates in and out of the bedroom and it's just like self being able to be vulnerable and articulate that and have a curiosity about self and knowing that i exist and i'm wonderful Regardless of how anyone anyone else interacts with me. Oh my God. It's amazing.
1: I'm also Chad a big advocate of self touch and also mm. do it in front of the mirror. This can also help your confidence and help you become a better lover as well. Because when you're confident, you know <laughs> you just feel more secure about yourself and you're and you're also able to express yourself better too.
0: Yes, I, I fully agree. And Being vulnerable on this, seeing my face in the mirror is hard. So if I stand off to the side a little, but then I kind of admire myself and almost, I'm still working on the mirror work, to be honest. But you're right, not only confidence and yes, I like this, um, but we like people who like themselves. And so if you have a chance to touch and feel your body and love all the curves and, and, and all the things, it comes across as you're communicating. And then the other person, you know, that resonates in the same area will, will be attracted to you as well. And it makes it easier to, to connect with people and find a good, a good partner or switch things up with your current partner.
1: Yes. Well, it's time for a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be chatting about touch and long-term relationships and how to get that intimacy back. Stay with us.
0: Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, and this week I'm joined by Chad Saps. He is a somatic sex educator. We're talking about the importance of touch. So, so, so important in a relationship. Um, now, do you have any advice, Chad, for couples who have been... Uh, or who have a bit of disparity in the bedroom. You know, maybe one partner has a high sex drive, is looking for touching and intimacy regularly, while the other is a bit more reserved, doesn't need as much of it. You know, how can they find a level of intimacy that works for them, for both sides?
0: Yeah, Laura, we could do a whole show just on this, but in in short pieces, um... mainly conversation and being curious and opening up what we're each defining to get to the point where we can have the same feeling but maybe with a different activity. As an example, does sex need to just be genital? Can you also feel completely amazing by spooning for 20 minutes and not doing anything else, like letting that tension build? or you know can you include oral or you know what are people's different styles right maybe someone doesn't want to use ice but they love that feather idea so there's a couple different ways you can get to that um there's a couple websites that, that talk about it um people have just like you hear about you know the different love languages and you hear about different attachment styles there's different sexual styles as well And trying to figure out what those are for each person, um, sometimes it allows to see where there's overlap and not take it personally. Simply because you don't want to do something doesn't mean you don't want to do it with me and that you're not interested in engaging intimately, right? Maybe the thing that I asked is just um, too triggering. So we can switch. Always being curious and in the what if. Space can be really helpful and then second realize the timing is really really critical like how much have you engaged before right during the week um, what was the anticipation for the date or, or this this meeting you're talking a long-term relationship so expectations they can just be a killer of this so oftentimes when intimacy is there, um, different levels I think it really comes down to communication. One person is overt, and they like the touch, and they want to connect that way. And then they can talk about some of the underlying needs in the relationship. And sometimes the other partner needs to talk about those things first and feel connected to you on a non-physical level, and then they want to connect physically. So there's a lot of aspects that can be at play here.
1: I love it. All right. Um, We don't don't have much more time, and I have a couple more things I want to ask you. Uh, So in long-term relationships, we often see a drop in the level of and frequency, right, of intimate interactions. It happens so normal. What do you do when you start to lose this? Is there a way for couples to get back to the same intimacy they had before? Because it happens like they're running joke, you know, when you put the ring on or when you get married, sex stops. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it does for most people, but it does slow down. You know, kids come into the picture and so forth. So what um, advice do you have for couples to to maybe get back to somewhat of the same intimacy that they had before?
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about this quite a bit. And the reason, I mean, there's multiple reasons why. Uh, Sticking to your question, though. What I think it really comes down to is um, how people balance expectations, disappointment. Because here's why: if I expect to have sex once a week because I want to connect with you, because I want to feel your body, because I want to have you feel pleased, I want to okay. do this unique thing for the two of us. I want to find new, unique ways to touch you and and stay curious and define parts of our relationship if I'm not able to do that, then right. Like you said, we start to get in our head and then the expectation is, well, I can't do this. And then I must be blank. And usually you feel disappointed and then you feel hurt. And then you um, start also projecting it and blaming it on the other person and resentment builds, Laura. I really don't feel right. Relationship. It's like, I think I would love to have a conversation around this, at like a different time, because it's it's a full topic. What happens when you get married is we're not just two people defining what we want anymore, right? When we're dating, we get to define what does it look like, how much intimacy, all those things. Typically, when in hetero um, sexual marriage, there's all kinds of expectations. We must do this. We must be more this. You know, we start thinking about parents and our parents, and we have to act like them. And who wants our parents in our bedroom, right? Metaphysically or, or you know, just in thought process, no one. And so all these expectations of what I should be doing should really, I think, is what kills intimacy. <laughs>
1: Chad, this is so amazing. Oh, my goodness. I have so many things. I I just want to, I love this show. I want to keep asking you so many things. So if you've been in a relationship for a long time, um, it can be really, you know, hard to introduce new things in the bedroom. What if you want to explore something new intimately and, you know, you're a little timid or I don't know, you. how do you communicate this with your partner without making them feel like they aren't doing it for you?
0: Yeah, so fantastic question. It comes down to vulnerability and context and timing. So it would be something like this. Um, Hey, partner, I really enjoy connecting with you, and I love how we do mention some specific thing. It really makes me feel, and then mention that. Um, I'm also curious about, like, if we could, if that feeling would get extended if we tried this new thing. And I'm hoping we can be playful with it and find a way that it makes us work. And then you, you end up with, um, you know, I really enjoy connecting with you, and this can be really playful and fun, and we'll find something that works. And I want to hear what you want to try and do as well. So it's kind of that compliment sandwich in there.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, Chad, that ends our show. Um, I will have you on again. I love you as a guest of love all my uh, guests, but, to, you know, you're amazing. So um, where can people get a hold of you if they'd like to work with you? They have any questions for you. Where can they get a hold of Chad Sepps?
0: People can reach me, Laura, on, on Instagram. My handle is deep underscore connections, the letter N, intimacy. I'd be happy to connect with you there. Feel free to DM me, and we can set up some time or just ask a couple questions.
1: Thank you. That's deep underscore connections with an N and intimacy. That's Chad Sepps, everybody. Um, I am hosting a New Year's Eve party this year. I'm so excited. In person at Kelly's Landing on uh, Front Street in Toronto. For tickets and more information, please visit singlenesscity.ca. And as well, in January, I'm hosting a virtual seminar Um, to, uh, you know, help daters, give them the necessary tools they need to find love. And this is going to all be virtual as well. Check out singleinthecity.ca for more information on that. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in this week and every other week. I really appreciate your support um, and love you all. Ciao for now and have an amazing week.